It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 10th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Magic's upcoming game against the Memphis Grizzlies, touch on... The issues with the defense after the All-Star break and and how the offense is playing so, so well, but not well enough, it seems. And we'll talk a little bit about DJ Augustine as well. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On in the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Memphis Grizzlies perspective of Tuesday's game? Check out Locked On Grizzlies. Want to look ahead? Shouldn't look too far ahead, but look ahead to Thursday's game against the Chicago Bulls? Check out Locked On Bulls. No matter which team you're interested in, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Plus, we've got great national podcasts, including Locked On NBA, Rejecting the Screen, the Hollinger and Duncan NBA show, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Whether it's the NBA, NFL, MLB, College, or NHL 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. After Sunday's game, it appears, as, 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 you re- as I've read the transcriptions and the writing of, of, of what players said, Nikola Vucevic, who is a fairly mild-mannered and quiet guy, he's got a wry sense of humor. You know, you know I, I personally, I, I like the guy. Um, did something that I, I really haven't really seen him do. And, I, and and honestly, by the way, Josh Robbins of The Athletic, as well as John Denton of OrlandoMagic.com wrote it, kind of took them aback. In a recent mailbag on The Athletic with Josh Rob, from Josh Robbins, uh, he fielded a question that... Essentially, the, the question asked, you know, why is DJ Augustine still playing? You, you know, pretty much essentially saying Augustine's been pretty bad, you know, pretty bad or, or the worst player uh, on the team and, and, and questioning why he was still getting minutes. And Josh is a, a true professional. Um, you know, he's certainly someone that I think a lot of a lot of writers aspire to be with the way that he comports himself and handles himself uh, and, and the standards he holds, him, holds himself to. You know, answered the question fairly, and 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 you know, and and talked a little bit about why Augustine might still be, why Augustine's still in the rotation, what Augustine brings to the team. But that question did get its way to the players to, to think that the players don't re, you know block out all the noise. I think is a little little much. And Nikola Vucevic stuck up for his teammate, and and probably the teammate that he has the most on court chemistry with, essentially saying. 
if you are a fan of the team, you don't talk about a player that way. Now, there's a whole bunch of things going on here, of course. And and and, and one, this is coming after D.J. Augustine's perhaps best game of the season where he scored 24 points against Houston Rockets. But there's a whole bunch of things going on here. And I want to address at least a few of them. First, good on Nikola Vucevic for sticking up for a teammate. Whether he should have responded directly to something that was said, said in the media or something that was very, very clearly written by a fan and, and, and kind of with fan language and not necessarily kind of journalistic prose or, or politicking, so to speak. You want to see players stick up for each other. You want to see players having each other's back. That is always a good thing. You won't convince me otherwise. And so, I certainly consider it a good thing that Nikola Vucevic is there for his teammate. Secondly, just because Nikola Vucevic stuck up for his teammate and, and said this is this is not how fans should talk about their players doesn't mean that fans shouldn't be able to criticize players and, and sometimes use hyperbole. Um, you know, did, did, did this guy cross the line with this question? No. Honestly, no. It wasn't, you know, there, there, there are certainly are people who do cross the line with, with, with players and, and, and don't don't treat them the way that they should be treated, um, you know, criticize them for things that are not, you know, are not things they should be criticized for, and as well, sometimes using language that, frankly, does cross the line. I, I have seen that, or at least in my mind, I've seen things that have crossed the line a little bit. Um, but I did not think this criticism was unfair. Fans, just like I do here, should be able to criticize players on the team that they cheer for. Um, you know, that, that will always be a tension between players and fan. I, and I think it was something that came out, honestly, during the Dwight Howard thing. I think Dwight Howard, uh, I think one of the problems with the, with the whole Dwight Mayer situation was Dwight Howard thought fans in Orlando were fans of him and not fans of the team. And, and this is a con- incongruity, and, and there's a whole lot of sociology that goes into it beyond this. But it's always essential for people to remember that the team stays, for the most part, the players cycle through. And so loyalty will always end up with the team. I will say personally, in my experience, I have become more player-friendly and more understanding of players, having been around them a lot more in the locker room, kind of seeing them and the work that they do on a daily basis that you don't always see as a fan. When you're on the outside, you know, and again, I, my job is to be on, is to, to be at least around the inside. I wouldn't say I'm in the inside at all. But part of my job is to kind of be around these guys and and really dive into dive into them. And there are team dynamics that you don't capture when you are solely a fan. Um, but it, I when I'm critical of a player, I I hope it comes from a place of of knowledge of understanding what the team is trying to do. And 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 I hope that I'm able to back up my criticisms with specific instances and, and, and analysis of what I'm seeing, that my, my eye and my observations uh, are trusted to say, you know, he wouldn't say that or, or be critical in that way if, if there wasn't something backing it up. And certainly, when it comes to G.J. Augustine this year, there has been plenty to be critical of. This season has not been kind to D.J. Augustine, without a doubt. It has not been a strong season for him. 
the Magic's point guard is averaging just 10.3 points per game, only slightly down from last year, just 1.4 points per game down from last year. But he's shooting 46.8% effective field goal percentage. That is uh, the, or the worst of his career, the worst since, since, his, since his early days in his career. It's certainly not what he was last year. And some of that is, of course, that he's been moved to the bench. He's no longer the starter, and, and his, his whole role has changed from last season. Then you add on top of it that he just missed 15 games with a knee injury. He was dealing with, with knee issues before he eventually went out of the lineup. And you get a pic, a different picture of the guy. Or you get a different picture of, of what's going on. Now, certainly after last year's season, Augustine was due for a little bit of a regression. Never mind that he's in a contract here. That's, I, I think that is partial myth. Um, or convenient narrative at the very least. But... Um, Augustine just didn't have this. Didn't have the same. He just wasn't playing the same as he did last year. Some of it was the role. Some of it was the dynamic. Some of it was he had a really good year last year and rhythm was disrupted. Since coming back from the from the uh, from the injury though, Augustine has had a bit of a mixed bag. Eight point seven points per game, obviously down from his season average. Three point nine assists per game, shooting just thirty two point four percent from beyond the arc and thirty nine percent from the floor. Augustine does is not is is a is a solid defender for what he is, but he is not considered a a plus defender in a lot of ways. He knows where to be on the floor. He knows how to wedge his way into into crevices in the defense and and get shots off and keep the keep the ball moving and keep the, his dribble alive and does a lot of really good things. But if he is not making shots, and again, this is criticism I've had of a lot of players on this team, if he is not making shots, his value decreases dramatically and. So if there is criticism, you know, honestly, there probably was a time that I would have agreed that, yes, the Magic should be playing Wessel Wundu over DJ Augustine. Whatever you're supposed to be getting from Augustine, you're not getting at this point, and, and it is hurting the team. I think that is perfectly fair and perfectly all right to say. But there is always the flip side. There's always something else. I, I, I always... You know, again, these are just kind of truths that I picked up covering this team. I always have to constantly remind myself of a few things. First, the coaches see more than any fan does. Just because we don't see something in a game doesn't mean it's not happening in a practice or or there's more information gathered than what is displayed to the public. We are essentially working with incomplete information. It's what we have. The games are what matters ultimately. That, 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 those, are, those are the tests. Those are, the, those are what judges results. But it's still important to know that it is an incomplete picture. So Augustine might be killing it in practice and, and, and all that. Second, it is important, and I think this is especially important considering what's going on nationally in the world right now, it is important to remember that these are human beings and that while like NBA 2K and the whole analytics revolution, honestly, has enabled us to look at basketball in a certain way as a pure basketball uh, exercise, human relations matter too. And you know, dealing with an injury is something that maybe doesn't always get reported or, or is not always public. How guys are getting along, how guys are are playing and learning to play with each play with each other. Um, something that's just going on, sometimes we don't know. And so Augustine was obviously dealing with an injury, and Augustine then was coming back from an injury. It was more than a month since he played. And so you don't just 
you know, it's not like NBA 2K where the guy is, you know, that loses that yellow, che- that yellow, you know, medical mark or that red medical mark, and all of a sudden he's back in the lineup, good as new. That's not how this works. There is a little bit of a ramp up time, and and you know, Steve Clifford, to his credit, has always been good at not overreacting to the moment. Now, a criticism of mine uh, on that end is I think sometimes he waits a little too long when something clearly isn't working, but. Clifford is never a prisoner of the moment. And, and that's that's a very important thing to have as a coach. Augustine, again, for better or for worse, I, I think generally for better, has Clifford's trust. Clifford trusts Augustine to make good plays and to be in the right spots and to essentially play his role for the scene. And so he gives Augustine maybe a little bit of a longer leash than he might give some other players. And he trusts him to find his center, to find his pace. And frankly... The last two games have probably borne that out. 18 points, 4 for 7 shooting, 9 for 11 from the foul line, 5 assists against the Minnesota Timberwolves. 24 points, 7 for 10 shooting, 4 for 6 from deep, 6 for 6 from the foul line, 3 assists against the Houston Rockets. These are stellar DJ Augustine games, not just good DJ Augustine games. These are stellar DJ Augustine games. These are DJ Augustine games where he is at his best, where he is creating contact, where he is kind of stymieing defenses with his with his ability to keep his dribble alive and his low center of gravity, where he is able to hit from the outside both as a spot-up shooter and sometimes as a pull-up shooter. This is where Augustine is playing with the most confidence. You can see that there's finally a little bit of trust that, that, that he is healthy and that he can do all the things that he's used to doing. If there is as much a reason for anything for why the Magic offense has looked so good, DJ Augustine has been at least a part of that in a lot of ways, especially in the wins. And okay, yes, he still needed some time to get himself back. And yes, you know, when we look at the bigger picture, perhaps Augustine does not fit. It's going to be interesting to see what the Magic end up doing with him in free agency coming up here this summer. But Augustine has certainly earned the benefit of the doubt. Yes, he has had struggles this year. It has not been a good year for Augustine, just like it has not been a good year for several players. But the Magic know what they're going to get from Augustine. They know what they can get from Augustine. And so they're going to give him the chance to deliver that once again in this critical playoff race. Yes, be critical of the team. I'm not saying don't be don't, you know, don't levy criticisms. I certainly do that as well. But just realize that things deserve a little bit of patience sometimes. I know we're in the middle of a playoff race. I know things are getting a little bit heated. But the coaching staff certainly knows what it's doing. It certainly has a little bit more information than we do as the public. And sometimes they deserve some faith. And at least for now, DJ Augustine is delivering on that faith. playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date 
Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Of course, a big thing that's happened over the course of the last eight, eight or so games, ten, you know, almost 10 games now since the All-Star break. Nine games. I was, I was close. I, I split the difference there. Um, what, what's happened over the last nine games since the All-Star break has been a true revelation of the Orlando Magic. Something that has been completely unexpected and has changed so much of the course of this season. The Orlando Magic started making shots. And they started playing really good offense. In fact, since the All-Star break, the Orlando Magic have the best offense in the entire league, scoring 117.8 points per 100 possessions. Their effective field goal percentage of 55.3% is 7th in the league. In fact, overall, the Magic have finally, finally creeped over 50% effective field goal percentage for the season. Their pace is up to 101.7 possessions per 48 minutes. That's 12th in the league. So it seems like the Orlando Magic are finally seeing all the benefits of the offense that they were looking for for so long. They're getting out in transition. They're hitting open shots. They're hitting three-pointers. They're getting contributions up and down the roster. And they're finally, frankly, for the last nine games, an offensive juggernaut. It's pretty incredible. It's pretty, pretty incredible. But that's not who this team is supposed to be. And with this kind of an offense, the Magic should certainly be better than 5-4. and four. No, the Magic's offense has been incredible. Has been very, very good. And, 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 and keeping this going is going to be vital for the team. Whether it's Aaron Gordon continuing his tear through the league and his playmaking, or Markel Fultz you know, continuing to pick up the pace now that Evan Fournier is out. Uh, and, and leading the team, or Terrence Ross, you know, being a 20-point-per-game scorer, or Nikola Vucevic scoring, all that needs to continue, for sure. But none of it's going to matter if the Magic don't defend. Because as good as the Magic offense has been, the Magic's defense has been worse. The Magic are giving up 116.3 points per 100 possessions in the nine games since the All-Star break, 28th in the league. And it's been like this for a while. The Magic have been a bottom 10 defensive team since mid-January. And so if you're looking for a culprit for why the Magic are suddenly lo- or were suddenly losing games through the third quarter of the season and had kind of fallen off their pace, this is why. For whatever reason, the Magic's defense has slipped. And now that the offense is playing better, it's the defense that's betraying the offense. The Magic just have been unable to put all the pieces together. Why this is the case is a bit of a mystery. It's it's maybe some things that have been lingering and hanging over the team for a while, and they've all come to roost seemingly at the same time. The Magic have struggled with individual defense all year. It's been something that Steve Clifford has pointed out several, several times. The team has been inconsistent rebounding, and inconsistent just with their physical approach to defense. It is really an individual effort, and it's, it's not that the rotations are bad, it's that the Magic have been put into scramble and rotation mode much quicker because they aren't playing well at the point of attack. You could certainly point to Nikola Vucevic on top of all this. Him being a kind of a weak defensive center at times, if he's not in the right spots, if he's not setting the right line, things get hairy very, very quickly. 
But there are good signs. There are positive signs coming out of this. The last two games have been two of the Magic's better defensive efforts in the last month and a half. In fact, the game against Houston Rockets where they gave up only 106 points and 101.9 points per 100 possessions was one of the better defensive games the Magic played in quite some time. And in fact, I would argue it wasn't the Magic's offense that that led them to beat the Rockets so handily. It was their defense. It was their ability to lock down the glass. It was their ability to challenge shots. It was their ability to defend physically without fouling, which they did very effectively after the first quarter especially. It was the Magic putting a physical tone on that game and really knocking Houston off their game. Again, challenging Westbrook shots at the rim, challenging Harden at the rim, keeping them on the perimeter, really dictating the tempo of that game with their defense that ultimately led to their victory. The Magic's offense is better when it feeds off that defense, especially getting out in transition. But ultimately, this Magic team cannot trust that their offense will stay this good. That's not who this team is. And again, the stats bear that out. The Magic are at bottom still bottom five offensive team for the entire season. So the stats would suggest the Magic are kind of playing the opposite of how they need to play. Now, can this offense continue? It certainly did for the last 31 games last year when the Magic, again, had a big offensive revelation. But that also came with the Magic's defense being the best defense in the league. And if the Magic's offense stays this way, but the defense doesn't match, doesn't at least come up to a normal level, a top 10 level for this Magic team, then they're going to continue to, to lose. They're going to continue to try to tread water. I mean, 5-4 and four is not treading water. That's actually gaining ground in, 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 the, in this case. But they'll continue to tread water. And, you know, you look at teams at the bottom of those standings. Yes, the Orlando Magic have a plus 1.5 net rating, but they're the only team playing defense this poorly and winning. It is not, and, and, and putting up winning records and winning numbers. This is not sustainable. It is not sustainable for the Magic to be this bad defensively. And again, if they want to beat teams like the Rockets, it's going to take a defensive effort like the one they had Sunday night to get there. So yes, the Magic's offense is playing exceptionally well. Yes, the Magic's offense has been very, very, very good. But it's irrelevant if the defense doesn't follow suit. It would have been irrelevant against Houston for sure. The Magic won that game because of defense. The Magic beat the Timberwolves so handily because of their defense. The Magic got back into that game against the Miami Heat because of their defense. And they gave it away because of their defense. It's always about the Magic's defense. And it's still about getting that back on track. If the Magic wants to continue winning meaningful games and continue making a strong playoff push. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Magic is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Magic fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, the best kind of podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. 
If your company wants to connect with Magic fans and a predominantly male audience, shout out to the ladies out there, that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. The Orlando Magic will conclude their four game road trip against the Memphis Grizzlies on Tuesday in a game that will pit the two teams in eighth in their respective conferences. They're two teams that are very similar in a lot of ways, actually. Um, you know, maybe not in style of play, but in sort of culture and identity. Uh, watching the Memphis Grizzlies this year reminds me a lot of watching last year's Orlando Magic team. You know, obviously there are differences. Their star is a point guard. The Magic star last year was a center, but the, they, the, the two teams have to do very similar things. The Grizzlies have a budding star in John Morant. Uh, no one's denying that, but he is still a rookie and he makes rookie mistakes and he is still, you know, while he's been very, very good, still has bouts of inconsistency. What makes the Grizzlies so dangerous is that they are still a team effort. They are still a team building with each other, through each other, and not just through one guy. I think it's a misnomer to say that the Grizzlies are all about John Morant. They are certainly not all about John Morant. They are about every single one of those players. Um, whether it's Jonas Valanciunas working the low post. When Jaron Jackson comes back, his ability to, to stretch the floor as well as a stretch four, although he will, he will miss Tuesday's game. Uh, it's about Dylan Brooks as an outside shooter. It is about you know Josh Jackson coming off the bench and Tyus Jones coming off the bench. It is, it is like last year's Magic team, a balance that has to be met. And yes, they have a supreme playmaker in John Morant that, that is, makes them very different from last year's Magic team in a lot of ways, but... If one or two of their pieces are off kilter, the team doesn't have kind of the elite talent base, just like last year's Magic team, to, to really compete. And, and so they, they have games where they have duds. Um, you know, every once in a while, it seems like they have a game where they just can't score and, you know, they, they, they don't play at, the, at their full consistent, consistent level. That, that is what young teams do. They are a young, young team. The Magic were fortunate to catch one of those duds early on in the season. Perhaps John Morant's worst game of the season. Again, it was like early November, so no one's going to blame the rook- a rookie for being inconsistent at that stage. Uh, Jonathan Isaac had a huge defensive game as the Magic blew out Memphis 
uh, in their first meeting. And certainly it's going to be a kind of that kind of push and pull game again. Nikola Vucevic and Jonas Valanciunas have been compared to each other since the moment they both entered the league. Um, you know, I, I remember having those debates about who would you rather have, Valanciunas or Vucevic, and then Valanciunas had a great playoffs, and they were like, oh, Vucevic is not good. And then Vucevic made the All-Star team. It's like, oh, you know, maybe I'd rather have Vucevic. Um, it, it's, it, it, I don't think it's much of a date. I think Vucevic is the better player, but um, certainly it's going to be an interesting contrast of styles. And, and a big thing, I think, for Orlando in this game, it, it, the big deciding factor, I think, for this game in general is who wins the points in the paint? Who gets baskets? Who gets shots around the basket and converts around the basket? Who locks down the offensive boards? Especially if, if the I mean the Grizzlies are very good at attacking the offensive glass. Valanciunas is a great rebounder, and if Nikola Vucevic has to come off his man, come off Valanciunas to defend John ja Morant or or cut off penetration, the Magic could be in trouble. They could give up a lot of those easy points around the basket, which they don't want to do. So that pick-and-roll defense, that defense on John Morant is going to be really, really key in this game. On the other end, Memphis's defense does leave a little bit to be desired. Uh, you know, they, they, they can lose focus. They're not a great defensive team. And so Orlando will have the opportunity to score. And, and if the Magic can keep hitting shots at the rate that they're hitting shots, they will have more than a chance to win, to win this game. I know Memphis is at 532 and 32. I know the Magic have 29 wins, so there's about three games in the win column separating these two teams. But these two teams are very, very similar. They're, they're, they're almost equal in net rating since the All-Star break, in fact. Uh, in the nine games since the All-Star break, the Magic have a one and a half, one and a half points per 100 possessions net rating. Grizzlies are at 1.0, and this is coming off two blowout victories over the Hawks. Memphis will go through swings and swoons. They're in a good, they're in a good spot right now. They've won, I think, three of their last five games. They're in a good spot right now. They are playing very confidently. They're getting ready to head out on a big West Coast road trip, so this is a getaway game for them as well as a, a go-home game for the Magic. And so it's going to be an interesting... Uh, that's going to make for an interesting mix and an interesting battle between two teams that have a lot to play for, play very similar styles in that they both rely on a host of players to make do, and, and a game that obviously means a lot to both teams. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fascinating and interesting matchup for sure, and I think it's going to be inter- I think it's going to be a really good test both for the Magic and for the Grizzlies because again, despite the record, despite the slight differences in records, I think these two teams are about as good as each other. So expect a really competitive game. Expect a game uh, with a lot going for it as the Magic take on the Memphis Grizzlies. Tip off is at eight o'clock at the FedEx Forum. They'll, we'll have complete coverage of that game coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. Well, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalay, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore and, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. Also, now that this episode is coming to a close, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NBA. There you'll hear whether the Los Angeles Lakers, after their big weekend, their big weekend wins over the Milwaukee Bucks and LA Clippers are now the favorites to win the title. David Ramil and Nick Engstad also ask, who could beat the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference? I think it's the Orlando Magic. I also think I'm crazy. They can't. Probably not, which is why we're fighting so hard to get to seven. Check all that out on Locked On NBA. Just search for Locked On NBA wherever you download podcasts. So until tomorrow, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On, Locked On Magic. I'll see you all guys next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.
You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.